Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. And I want to talk to you about how to prepare for greater things in your life. You know, the truth is, if you don't prepare for it, you probably won't walk in it. We, you don't get what you pray for. You actually get what you prepare for. I've been praying for a while in my life. And I realize it isn't so much what I pray for. It's what I prepare for after I pray that I get. So I want to talk to you about this today. There's a story in the Bible of when God gives this young man named Elijah the opportunity to step into greater things. And God uses Elijah the prophet to help him discover who he is. Sometimes you need somebody to discover you. I know so much and so often we talk about finding ourselves. But the truth is, sometimes you need somebody to help you discover who God says you are. And you're going to see in this story how God used Elijah. That's why you have to sign up for brave life. Because brave life is about you going into discipleship. Taking the next step from being a believer to a disciple. See, In this story, you're going to see how Elijah changed him simply by exposing him to some new things. I'll read the story in verse 19. 1 Kings 19 says, So Elijah went and found Elijah the son of Shaphat plowing a field in Miami. Come on, somebody. you got to take some creative liberties here. (laughs) There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elijah was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders, and then he walked away. Elijah, the Bible says, left the oxen standing there. He left the oxen there, and he ran after Elijah and said to him, First let me go kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. Elijah replied, Go on back, but think about what I have done to you. So Elijah returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire and to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople. In Spanish, this is called a carne asada right here. ¿Cuántos latinos tengo en este lugar hoy? Es que siempre hay uno o dos, tres latinos. Los latinos no se mueren, se multiplican. Amen. Get the translator on that. He passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. The Bible says that Elijah placed his mantle on him and said, Go back, but think about what I've done to you. And I want to talk to you about preparing for what God wants to do for you and through you as a church. See, it's very easy to come to church and to assume that your role here is just to take a seat. But the truth is, the reason why you're in that seat is because God wants to give you a place in this church to serve. I believe that the reason why you're here is because you have gifts, talents, skills, and abilities that Brave Church needs. See, the city needs you. The city needs Brave Church. The city needs Brave Church to grow. The city needs this ministry to multiply. And the reason why... It's because every empty seat is an empty heart God wants to fill. And I believe this today, that when God saw Elisha plowing that field, he said, I think he's ready. 
So I want to give you seven things I've learned about how God prepares you for greater things. Would you write them down? Number one, how to prepare for greater things. Greater things happen when you believe you are anointed to accomplish great things. You've got to believe what God sees about you. There's a story in the Bible of a guy who really couldn't understand that he was called to great things. And this is what he said. 2 Kings 8.13 Hazio responded, How could a nobody like me ever accomplish such great things? Hazio was being called upon to do something that he never thought he could do. And his first response was, how could a nobody like me? Who taught him he was a nobody? What school did he go to? What neighborhood did he grow up in? What family was he raised in? To actually believe that he was not called to accomplish great things. And so many times, this represents us. We come from a normal family, supposedly, a normal upbringing. But the truth is, the fact that you're in church, and the fact that you're in a church called Brave Church, only means one thing, that you're not, that you're not called to do small things. You're called to do brave things, big things, audacious things. And so, Haziel represents that generation of people who've struggled with their self-esteem, struggled with inferiority, who've struggled not seeing themselves the way God sees you. Well, God woke me up to tell you today that you have been anointed to accomplish great things. And if you will believe it as a man, as a woman, as a family, as a couple, as a person, that God can do greater things through you. If you believe it, you can and receive it so God can start doing it. Come on, brave church. You're anointed for greater things. And that means, anointed means to have the supernatural power of God over your life. When you're anointed, it's, it's about God empowering your life. See, there's an anointing to be a parent. There's an anointing to be a businessman. There's an anointing to be single. There's an anointing as a couple. And sometimes as a couple, you miss that you're anointed to do great things. And you assume that you're called to just a mandate in a children and pay a mortgage. And those are great things. But you have to remember that there is a mandate and a call of God, not just on you, but on your whole family. God wants your wife. He wants your husband. He wants your son. He wants your daughter. The whole family is anointed for greater things. I need to believe that someone in this place woke up today needing to know you've been anointed for greater things. Number two, greater things happen when you are found plowing in the land of obscurity. The Bible says that Elisha was found plowing a field. That means it was hot, it was boring, it was dusty, there were no cameras. There was no public view of greatness. It was all on the inside of him. But yet, Elijah knew it was on the inside of him. Because God knew it was on the inside of him. But the question was, did Elisha know it was on the inside of him? And while Elisha's plowing in obscurity, I could just imagine him thinking, was I born to just move these oxen through the field and, and be in the dust and dirt. I bet you some of his friends said, hey, Elisha, you said you were born for great things. How's that coming now? Because oftentimes when you're in the land of obscurity, that's that place where you can't see greatness. All you can see is the work in front of you. 
You're in your marriage and you're struggling. And the therapist says you have a lot of work to do. So you don't see greatness. You just see a lot of work in obscurity. Well, I want to remind you that God works in the secret places. And God sees every step of faith that you take. Every act of obedience that you take. Every moment that you decide, even though no one's seen. Even though your wife doesn't see. Your husband doesn't see. Your parents don't see. No one sees. God sees everything. And my word to you is keep plowing in obscurity because God is about to call you. He's about to choose you. He's about to separate you because God has anointed you. Do you believe that today? When you're in obscurity, it's dangerous because you could go either way. You could give up because of discouragement. You could give up because you feel no one sees you. But let me remind you what the Bible says in Luke 8, 18. For all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open. And everything that is concealed will be brought to light and made known to all. In other words, there isn't anything that you're doing right now that God isn't going to use one day in your future. Don't give up on praying when no one sees. Don't give up, mom, on fasting for your kids. Dad, don't give up on calling greater things into your life. No one may see it, but God can hear it. No one may think it, but God sees it in you. And when you're in that place of obscurity, and it looks like you're not going to make it, I want to remind you that Elisha, as he was plowing, the day came when all of a sudden his Redeemer came, and God used him to change his destiny and maybe perhaps I've come to tell you before you know it it could be this week it could be this month that all of a sudden something's gonna shift in your family something's gonna shift in your marriage something's gonna shift I know something's shifting in this church that way listen greater things are coming someone's got to be ready and prepared to receive it say with me greater things say it again Be careful that you don't interpret my voice as a motivational speaker. I have no intention on motivating you, but I do want to cause the greater one on the inside of you to come out of you. When you have Jesus, you have life. When you have Jesus, you have hope. When you have Jesus, you have power. When you have Jesus, you have faith for the future. And sometimes what happens is we cause our life to marginal down just to the demands of our life. And we think just because you don't see it, that it doesn't exist. But I've come to remind you that the God of the supernatural can call things into your life that you haven't even known. Someone's got to believe it today. Say greater things. Greater things happen when you get exposed to what is next in your life. Elijah went over and threw his cloak on his shoulders and then walked away and told him, think about what I have done to you. What did he do? He exposed him to what was next in his life. That mantle wasn't his, but he let him feel what it was like to have it. Sometimes God will show you a glimpse of your future to see if you'll believe it. The Bible says this in the book of Numbers 13. Then they came to the valley of Eskel, and they cut down a branch with a cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of them on a pole. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. And they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron. And they all brought back word to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. You'll know the Bible, those that study it in Romans, excuse me, Numbers 13, when the spies went out. The Bible says when they came back, 
God let them come back with big clusters of grapes. They were so large, they had to carry them on sticks, on poles. And why did he do that? Because he wanted them to taste the future before they go into it. He wanted them to see the future before they go after it. And sometimes you'll get around people that are further along than you and you'll think that God somehow or life is somehow not being kind to you by showing you people who have what you want and there's a tendency to make you feel jealous because they have what you want. And you need to know this, that jealousy isn't from God. Jealousy always comes from the enemy. But God will inspire you by showing you what someone else has Not to intimidate you, but to motivate you to believe that if the same God could do it for that family, God could do it for your family. And sometimes the problems that you're having in marriage, you get around other couples that are doing better, and it's easy to feel intimidated, even shy and embarrassed, because you're not doing well. I want you to change that to say, let's get around some healthier couples. Why? Because now we can get a glimpse of our future, because we're not going to stay here. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you've got to go to stores where you know you have no business going to, because your checkbook says... You have no business in the store, but you've got to walk in those stores knowing that one day you will be in the store. You will afford the store. You will afford. Oh, now, come on now. Sometimes you got to go to those new homes when they open up and go with your family and walk around with the kids and let your kids say, Dad, Mom, is this our new house? Very soon, kids. I don't care if you live in a three, one bath house with five cockroaches trying to come out at night. You need to speak vision and faith to your future and give yourself permission to be exposed to what's next. Come on, somebody. So he places the mantle on him and he walks away and he says, just remember what I did to you. What did he do? He exposed him to something else. Sometimes you need to see something different. That's how you get out of old mentalities. That's how you get out of old thinking. You've got to see what you haven't seen. See, what you see when your eyes are closed is more important than what you see when your eyes are open. When I wrote this book, The Heart Revolution. There's a portion in this book on vision that you've got to read. See, your heart is your faith muscle. And so when your heart is in the right place, it'll let you see clearly. But when your heart has been bruised and hurt, what will happen is messages like today of faith and hope won't encourage you. They'll just further discourage you because you don't have the heart to believe. But when your heart gets revolutionized by God and you believe by faith, all of a sudden you don't get intimidated by what other people see. You get motivated because you know if God can do it for him, God can do it for me. If you believe that, just get God praise for five seconds. Give him praise, church, like like God's going to do it for me. I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but he's going to do it for me. Number four, greater things happen when you increase your response speed to the Holy Spirit. You have to respond to the Holy Spirit at the right pace. See, the Bible says Elisha, standing there with an oxen, ran after Elijah. That means he didn't wait and he didn't procrastinate. He didn't say, mañana lo hago. He didn't say, I'll do it tomorrow. He said, I'm going to run after this now. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit 
will ask you to obey him and you don't see what's connected to that moment of obedience. But I want you to learn this about God. There's always a miracle on the other side of your obedience. Your obedience is always the gateway to something greater, greater than what you would think. If it you to obey, it's because the reward is always greater than what you would think. See, God will never ask you to obey Him without knowing there's always a blessing. It's like parents. How many parents do I have here? If you have kids, raise your hands. If you love your kids, keep your hands up. If you want to trade your kids, come on somebody. <laughs> How many parents know the joy of when your children obey you? It just feels good, doesn't it? You feel honored, don't you? See, if you told your son or daughter, take out the trash, and they say, okay, did they obey you? No. They don't obey you until they what? Take out the trash. Have you ever asked your kids to take out the trash, and like an hour later, the trash is still there? And they say, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it later when I get this done. And what do you tell them? I didn't ask you to do it later. I asked you to do it. That's how it is with God. See, delayed obedience is disobedience. Let me read this verse to you in 2 Chronicles 24, 5. Go to all the cities of Judah and collect offerings for the building fund. So that we can maintain the temple in good repair. Get at it right away. Don't delay. But the Levites took their time. The Bible says they took their time to do something that God wanted them to do right away. So let me ask you. What should you be running after that you've been waiting on? Because greater things happen when you respond to what God needs you to respond to. And sometimes procrastination becomes our enemy. But Elijah said, I'm going to run after this. I've been plowing too long. I've been in the sun too long. I've been exposed to something new. I'm anointed. I just was waiting for my moment. And the Holy Spirit says, now run. Go after it. So I don't know who he's speaking to today. But maybe say, go after the healing in your marriage. Go after the breakthrough in your family. Go after serving in ministry. Start now. Open up that dinner party. Quit saying that you can't do it when you know you can. Some of you, your next step is sign up now for Brave Life. Quit saying you're going to do it next time. Now is the time to do it. Because on the other side of your obedience, you're going to become the disciple that God's called you to be. And when you become the disciple he's called you to be, greater things are in your future. Come on, Brave Church. Say greater things. Greater things happen when you align yourself with with people who see the greatness of God in you. Elijah returned the oxen to return to his oxen and slaughter them. He used the wood to build a fire to the road to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople. And then he went with Elijah as his assistant. You know why? Because who you align with always speaks to your destiny. Greater things happen when you align yourself with people who see the greatness of God in you. That's why coming to church. Every week, say every week. Every week. Say it again. Every week. It's so important. 
Because every time you come to church, you align yourself, especially with Pastor Dave. He's always going to speak a word of life to you. Pastor Dave is always going to speak life into you. He's always going to preach to you a message that your family needs to hear. And every message is important this summer. This summer is not casual. This summer is important in the church because this is the season that God wants you to go savage for him. That means go loco, crazy, and say gangster. Come on. I mean, what other adjective can I use? But the point is this. Are you aligning yourself with the right people this summer? Or are you aligning yourself with the same people that you always have? And that's why you're seeing the same results in your life. Greater things happen when you align yourself with people that see the greatness of God in you. See, the Bible says it this way in 2 Kings 10, 15. When he departed, he met Jonab, the son of Rechab, coming to meet him. And he greeted him, Jehu did. And he said this, look what it says. Is your heart right as my heart is towards your heart? And Jehonadab answered, it is. And Jehu said, if it is, give me your hand. So he gave him his hand and he took him up into the chariot. And he said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. In other words, what he was saying is, you could come up with me if your heart is right, like my heart is right towards you. Sometimes you're around some guys that you shouldn't be around anymore because their heart is not right. Your wife has been telling you, your mom's been telling you, your girlfriend's been telling you, God's been telling you. And you don't realize that you can't come up where God wants you to come up because their heart is not aligned with your heart. And some of you, you're trying to bring people up with you that are really, really pulling you down. you got to be careful. They're trying to get you into their chariot. Go party on the weekend, party on Saturday, clubbing on Saturday, churching on Sunday. (laughs) Say greater things. things. Tell me who you're with, and I'll tell you what your future is going to be like. Align yourself with people with the same heart, with people that see the greatness of God who will pull it out of you. When you get involved with brave life, discipleship process here, God's going to pull things out of you. Leaders will start speaking. When you go to a dinner party and you show up, what's going to happen is they're going to start pulling things out of you. They're going to start speaking life to you. Some of you, all you need is to take the next step. And by taking that next step, You're going to enter into a new atmosphere in your life. And that is what changes everything. And Elijah said, it's time. I'm going to go with Elijah and be his assistant. I'm going to align myself with someone who sees greatness in me. That's why you're so blessed to be here at church. Because at Brave Church, they see the greatness of God in every single one of you today. Come on, give God praise that you're in the right church today. Come on, somebody. You're number six, greater things happen when you borrow the faith of others until you possess your own. Sometimes you got to borrow what someone else has for yourself. The Bible says Elijah picked up Elijah's cloak or his mantle. And he went to the river, the Bible says, when he was taken up and Elijah returned to the bank of the Jordan River and he struck the water with Elijah's cloak and cried out, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Then the river divided and Elijah went across. See, he had to borrow Elijah's cloak so that he could cross over 
into his destiny. Sometimes you've got to borrow the faith of others who could see in you what you don't see in you. It's like women are like that. Like they let each other borrow dresses, heels, jewelry. Guys aren't like that. Hey, can I borrow that shirt? Get out of here. When you let others into your world, you could start borrowing their faith for your family. You know, when I wrote this book, Paradox, it was because God asked me. He said, Sergio, can you, can you let these men borrow your faith? It was a prison that we were called to minister in. And the story was that this book, Heart Revolution, we have five campuses in San Diego. We opened up a campus in Tijuana. And it started growing. And this one gentleman, who was the son of a mother, got in some trouble and he was convicted of a crime that he didn't commit but in the prisons over there you're guilty until proven innocent and there's a prison this is where the cartel is it's very dangerous and he was in the prison and his mom gave him this book to read and and he just started reading it started reading about being propelled by purpose and finding the purpose in your pain and recapturing the real you and you know, born to win. These are just finding the heart to win again. These are just some of the titles and, you know, overcoming the funk of forgiveness, the church, the courage to ask for forgiveness, um, staying open to bigger things, finding hope in healing. There's no victory without risk. And, and he got changed his life. And then the, the social worker that he was working with said, Hey, you're changing. What happened to you? He gave her the book. She started reading through it. She started discovering, turning your heart towards home. That's a chapter in this book. She started reading the miracle in your marriage. Respect the glue that keeps you together. Turning, I'm going to say this as a parent. God, this book is worth that chapter by itself. You know, I'm going to say this as a parent. The, The number one thing we need parents to become, you know, forget what's happening in the White House. It's what's happening in your house is what's important. And when you learn the art of turning the heart of your son and daughter, that's what America needs. America needs parents that will put their heart back into parenting, who will recapture the heart of their children. And So she read the book, and she ended up coming to our church. Her office was three, three doors away from our church, three or four doors. She gets saved, and then she goes back to the prison to work. And the warden said, what happened to you? You're so different. How many of you know Jesus makes the difference? She threw him the book and said, this guy, I've been reading this guy's book and changed my life. He says, well, why don't you bring him? Because if he could change that inmate and change you, he could change these guys. So I show up. He says, what would you like to do? I said, well, I'd love to start a campus here. He thought maybe because of my broken Spanish, I said, build a campus. I thought put up a video screen and send a couple leaders in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, be blessed. He says, oh, you want to build a campus? And he shows me this piece of land, open dirt, right next to where the main yard is, where everybody comes out for recreation. He says, why don't you build your church here? And in my mind, I said, I can't do that. And that's when God told me this title. Sergio, let me break your rules. So I went to work with an engineer and an architect, and they wouldn't let me bring contractors in from America. So I had to work with all of the inmates 
to build this church with an architect and an engineer. These guys would fight. They would go at it, so they had to remove guys. And Oh, it was crazy. But God was doing something. He was breaking my rules. He was showing me, Sergio, let them borrow your faith because they have a future too. And I don't know if you understand this, but if you'll let God use you to break your rules, someone else will break through. So I want to show you a video about the story of this prison that we're in now. Now we're doing two services and Recently, we just baptized guys for the first time. We have 27 cell groups in the prison now. In those cells, there's 15 guys to a cell. We provide medicine for the prison now because of the Mexican government. They don't do that. We provide clothing, vans. Steve Van Doren, the owner of vans, just donated to me 150 pairs of vans to give away to all the guys. And you guys, we're like, it is crazy. The, the mafia's in there. The Sinaloa cartel is there. The Mexican mafia's in there. It is wild. But Jesus is turning hearts because he broke my rules. He's breaking the rules and he's turning the hearts. Oh my God. Are you ready? You're going to love this video, you guys. Take a look at this right now. I hope this ministers to you. Then we'll pray. I'm standing outside of the prison in Tijuana and I'm so excited because today we're showing city love. 
to the prison campus for the first time they're giving us permission to baptize all the men that have come to Christ inside the campus the cornerstone campus inside the prison this is exciting because you know when the person gets baptized the heavens open and God declares my beloved son and who I'm well pleased and I'm grateful that sons that are coming out of sales today are going to get baptized and they're going back to those sales knowing that God loves them God is with them thank you so much for praying for us as we go in today it's a big day we're showing city love in Tijuana today come on somebody Stand to your feet. Come on, give them praise. Today, um, the publisher did something really cool with our church. Our goal, there's 2,000, in, there's 3,000 inmates with the women's side, which now they are allowing us to have services for the women. And now the guards, for the first time, are asking us when they can have a church service for themselves. It's, it's amazing. And the publishers is willing to help me donate free books. So every book you buy, the publisher will give me that amount of books. So, so far, I've given away 200 books. And if, if you'll buy this book, if you buy five or six of them, then the publisher will let me get five or six to give away. My goal is to give 3,000 books away to men and women in that place. Lo tenemos en español y en inglés, los dos libros. And the truth is this. See... Sometimes what you do for others, you don't even realize you're doing for yourself. And when God broke my rules, and I was just sitting here crying watching this video, I've watched it so many times, because I remember walking into that place and looking at these men and them looking at me and asking me, what are you doing here, Sergio? You know, and to see now men with their wives at the church service hugging it's real, guys. Like, they're really getting converted. Like, there's men that went in there that were women. And you didn't, I didn't show you them because I didn't want to expose them. But they decided to get baptized as men. And they gave up wanting to be a woman. Wanting to be the woman, the wo- the woman for men in there. Oh, come on, somebody. Just... Powerful. So today, greater things happen when you borrow the faith of others. Today, I have faith for your family. I have faith for your future. I have faith for your life. But I need you to mix your faith with my faith to believe that God could do something new in you. That God can break you through. That God can bring healing to you. 
And it starts when you say yes to Jesus. You say yes to your need of forgiveness. You say yes to your need of Him. All God wants to know, if you'll say yes to Him, He'll say yes to you. If you'll say yes to a new life, He'll say yes to giving you a new life. So today I want to pray with people who want to say yes to Jesus, who want to open up their heart and say, I want my heart revolution. I want my life to change today. And I believe the same God that did it for me will be the same God that'll do it for you. So I want to pray for you right now. If that's you, and you're like, yes, Pastor Sergio, include me right where you are. Hold up your hand so I can see it. Hold it up high. God bless you. 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 Keep it up one more time. Keep your hand up. Every one of you with your hand up, I want you to do this right now. I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to put your hand down. I want us all to pray this prayer together. Repeat after me. Dear God, I stand before you in desperate need of you. Jesus, I've been wrong. Today I want to get right. I ask you now, do a miracle inside of my life. Holy Spirit, fill me with your power. Fill me with your presence so that from this day on, my life will never be the same. Today I boldly declare born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, ready to serve Jesus with all of my heart, with all of my mind, and all of my strength. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.